Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to Northwest Prime. One of my favorite things to do is to share with you when I come across great music. Wonderful music is being made. We just have to try a little harder. We have to dig a little deeper to find it. About a month ago, a friend of mine, Lisa, she was at a concert at the Tractor downtown Seattle, and she was texting me over and over about this amazing artist that she was listening to, and she was so excited and so passionate about it that it got me excited. I, I hadn't really even heard of Bradford Lomas, and it got me looking, it got me digging, it got me into the music, and I was like on fire. I had to get him, I had to share, I started sharing the music, I started telling everybody I knew about him, and I wanted to get him on so that I could share it with you, and so I did, and Bradford Lomas is here with me today, so thank you, Bradford, for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it, and I love that you love the music. Thank you. Oh, I, I love it. This this new album of yours, Into the Great Unknown, It's that's really a symbolic title because you're really stepping out right now, throwing it all into music, going for it yeah. all, and, and you're really stepping out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's, what, that's where the title comes from. I did a, a crowdsourcing um, campaign because I was just having a hard time coming up with a title, and somebody close to me, um, came up with that title name, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's perfect. That's, like, exactly what we're doing. We're taking a big old leap into the great unknown. So uh, it, it fits so well. <laughs> you write a lot of your own music. It's 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 kind of hard to describe your music because it's yeah. it's 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 own thing, sort of. You know, it's kind of classic country, but then it's got a little bluegrass, or some of it's a little darker, some of it's maybe older country, but then again, it's right. its own thing. It really taps into this raw Americanism in, in us, you know, it takes us back to our roots in a hip kind of a way. How would you describe your music to somebody? Yeah, well, I think you, um, I think that's a good encapsulation that you did there. Um I, I always describe it as roots Americana um, mm-hmm. because it really I've always been a um, really big reader of American history and um, just uh, history has always fascinated me and um, and so in America we have so much music um, that's come about on American soil and uh, so much of it is tied directly to our history as a country our history as a society and individual cultures and when cultures are, are blended into uh what is you know america um we we get aspects of of other music as well and it's kind of a beautiful thing but this music is really um tied to the roots of american music and so and so yeah there are there are elements of kind of the old country um a little bit of bluegrass a little bit of blues um Love soul, um, you know, the reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, you you can kind of hear influences 
of Hank Jr., um, Randy Travis, you're kind of a storyteller in your music, um, Johnny Cash. I even heard some John Hines maybe in there when, when it, one of the songs first came on, John Hines' Rain. It, it made me reflect back on that. Um, right. You know, there's, there's a lot of guitar in it. I'm a big fan of guitar. I love to hear, you know, a, you know, a, a, a good guitar drumming along, powerful, just, you know, just really encapsulates, uh, encapsulates a lot of your your music throughout there, just really flows together in a gritty, but like you said, just kind of a, a gritty, rough, and, and, and soulful way, but in a way that does it that's current and, and fresh. And we're going to play some of that so people can kind of understand what we're talking about as well as, as we go along. Nice. Your, your influences, did, did, did it come from kind of the roots of country? You know, it's um, it's kind of funny the way it came about because I didn't listen to a lot of old country. Um, I'm a really big Johnny Cash fan, um, and so you know there there's definitely some older country involved there. Um, but it goes it goes back even further than that. I started I started listening to um, a lot of the older music. Um, Bob Dylan did a cover of an old blues song. Um, you know, right when we were just developing recording technology. Well, Bob Dylan didn't, but I found that song because of a Bob Dylan song. And um, I can't even remember the name of it off the top of my head. But I just started getting into some of the old the old music from back from the 20s and 30s, the old, you know, kind of folklore songs, like that Peter Seeger kind of um, brought, brought to the forefront. Um, and, you know, the movie like... Um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That movie has a lot of that mm-hmm. type of music. Um, that's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I also started getting into some of the old slave spirituals, and there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful songs that are uh, so powerful when you take into the context, you know, what these people that were singing the songs and writing these songs were going through and had to live with. Um, it's pretty amazing to me. Um, and it puts such a perspective on where we are and and what we're going through, uh, you know, now. Because we have life is in many ways so much better than it was, um, you know, back then. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Definitely, yeah. They they had it pretty hard back then. Well, I'm going to play, let's play uh, See You on the Other Side. And okay. we'll let uh, the audience listen to that one, and then we'll be back in just a minute, and we'll talk about that. Um, can, can you maybe give us a little look into this song? Tell us a little something yeah. about it. So this song came about because um, I had been really diving into the soundtrack of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And there's an old hymn called uh, Down to the River to Pray. It's actually had several different term, um, titles, but... Um, that's the one a lot of people know it as. And so I wanted to write kind of a companion song to that that is just it's hopeful. Um, personally, I've always been really afraid of death. Um, and uh, it's kind of weird. I grew up thinking I was going to be dead before I was 30. So I thought 30 was <laughs> I'm beyond that now. But uh, I thought that that would be kind of the amount of time that I had on this rock. And so... Um, so it's it's been something I've thought about a lot, and uh, so I wanted to write something that was hopeful about uh, about life and the afterlife and that sort of thing. 
All right. Well, this is called See You on the Other Side. It's by Bradford Lomas, our guest today. We'll be right back. Enjoy. Won't you come with me? I'm going down to the river, Lord, let the ghost wash over me. Oh, my brother, won't you come with me? I'm going down to the river, Lord, put the weary soul at ease. I will see you on the
we're talking about here, See You on the Other Side by Bradford Lomas. Hey, Bradford, who was the woman's voice in that? She, she's also just an amazing singer as well. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's a good friend of mine named Pauline Wick, plays uh, with a group called The Wicks. It's her and her husband. Is, is, is that I, her I same voice on, on several of the tracks? Yeah, yeah. She does okay. all of the female backup vocals on the record, on wow. this record. Yeah, she did a great job. I, I want to talk about you were talking about before we went into the song about fear, and you did a really great blog. You write a really well-spoken blog on your website, bradfordlomas.com. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of those posts today. But one of them that struck me was the one that you wrote on fear um, and how powerful fear can be. And you have to step out of that and find the courage. And, and you had to do that to be able to pursue this dream of yours with, with, with such vigor. Can you tell us a, a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, well, I think fear is um, it's a very powerful thing. And I think a lot of times we react to fear um, subconsciously. I mean, we don't even realize that we're, we're doing we're doing it. I, th- I think we tend to err on the side of reacting out of love to somebody or reacting out of fear. And um, fear a lot of times holds us back or, you know, it allows us to live in a realm of pessimism that, you know, this isn't going to work out. And Gosh, why even try? Um, you know, and um, sometimes, I know that's, that's definitely been the case for me. I grew up very fearful. Um, and uh, I've lived in that um, for quite some time and am learning how to get out of that being my operating default. And so, um, you know, I, I used to work at Verizon, had a good good paying job, and I lost that job, and that started this whole thing, and I started taking music a little bit more seriously, but it, it wasn't until actually the Wicks, uh, some friends of mine, um, kind of spurred me on to, to trying to pursue music a bit more um, uh, seriously, and even more recently, um, just just finding ways uh, to do this and, and to pursue it wholeheartedly, getting out of that fear, and, and uh, it requires a focus and a single-mindedness that's um, you know can be a little intense and and difficult to occupy um, often, uh, and it requires kind of a re directing of your thoughts and a redirecting of your purpose um, but uh, getting out of that fear is so liberating because when you're able to do that you are you're able to um, to be who you were made to be you know you we all have talents we all have gifts we all have um, things passions that were um, that are consuming for us and that when we are operating in that, there's a resonance within us that makes us happier. It makes us um, more successful. And I don't mean that in terms of, you know, financial windfalls. I mean, um, we are we are more of who we were meant to be. And, um, and there's a higher quality of life when we're pursuing that. And that doesn't always mean, you know, a financial windfall. Oftentimes we're um, relegated to obscurity, but we're doing what we are meant to be doing, and um, there's a greater quality of life when that's the case. 
And so, you know, I've, I've found that personally. My wife and I, um, we have three kids. And um, our kids are beautiful little creatures, and they are all so passionate and so uh, artistic already. Um, it's been tough for us. You feel the obligation of responsibility um, to keep up with the Joneses, to have a house and, you know, two cars and all of those things. And we've had to deconstruct that and say, no, we're going to know our kids. So one of us is always going to be home with our kids. And that's going to mean because we're artists who are doing that, we're not going to have much. And so in a way we've kind of been, uh, it's almost like taking a vow of poverty in a sense. Um, but it's, we've been comfortable with having less so that we can teach our kids to be who they are. And they can see mom and dad didn't buy into all the stuff, you know, that we have to have or that people are telling us we have to have, that they pursued their art, their craft, their love, their passion, and I want my kids to learn that. And so we've really kind of, as a family, made that decision to um, pursue what we love as a family. And my wife is also an artist. Uh, she's not a musician, but she's a writer and she's a um, wonderful photographer. And so we, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of my viewpoint on, on fear and following your passions. Courage, for sure. And, you know, courage comes at unlikely moments. And this is really, I guess, being spurred by your love and your passion for music and music being able to take you beyond that fear and to step into courage. Right. You talk about sacrificing to follow this dream and pursuing music. And have you had to, and how you have had to sacrifice financially and emotionally um, to, to, to do that. And what you were just talking about a little bit earlier about you had to downsize a lot. Um, I don't think a lot of people really understand everything that has to go into really, like you said, just throwing your hat in the ring, going for the whole thing and, and seeing where, where that takes you. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, we, um, we owned a home for a while. We ended up losing it in a foreclosure. Um, we moved into a tiny, tiny little mother-in-law basement with a friend. Um, we have two cars, but they're not particularly nice cars. <laughs> um, you know, we just we don't have a lot of a lot of the things that a lot of the trappings um, mm-hmm. that we, uh, as a society, are told that we need. Um, anything nice that we have was given to us. Um, we've had a wonderful supporting um, network of friends and family, and um, that have kind of helped out with us. And, um, we have a group of friends that kind of help watch the kids when we can. My, my wife actually just pulled back from work um, so that we can have more opportunities for uh, doing shows and touring and, um, you know, starting to make that transition. Because you get to this point as a musician where if you learn how to book, if you learn how to value your music and communicate it with value, um, you can start making money and... You know, there's lots of ways to do it. There's lots of blogs and resources for, for figuring out how to do that. Uh, but it takes time and it takes effort and it takes work. And 
we've gotten to this point where we're um, doing, you know, we're getting by. And um, to get to that next point, you've got to you've got to take a leap. You've got to you've got to put yourself out there. And it's difficult mm-hmm. to know what the consequences of that might be. But you know, if you if you don't do it, you'll always. I was afraid that I would always have that question lingering in the back of my head. You know, when I'm if I make it to 80, you know, what if I had really tried? You know, what if I had jumped out there and quit all my jobs and went on a tour? You know, would it have, would I have been able to make it, you know, or or whatever the situation is? I, mm-hmm. I don't want to have those regrets. So. Right. Well, we're going to play um, in this uh, end of this chain, which is also, I was telling Bradford when we were, talking um, while everybody was listening to that last song, it was really hard for me to pick the music for this show because every single song on the album is just fantastic. And and, and there's a, a second, well, an, an EP that has four songs on it as well, Under the August Sky, which is equally just, just as uh, talented. But Into the Great Unknown is what I'm playing music off of today. That's his new full-length album. And it was just, again, it was just really hard to choose the music because each one of them was just personal and, and, and great in its own way. Do you want to tell us a little bit about End of This Chain? And then we'll listen yeah. To I've actually been um, doing some research on slavery in America and um, in working towards writing um, a musical drama about slavery. Um, and just the horrors of it and what um, what people had to overcome um, in r- repairing, you know, a country um, that dealt so violently with, uh, with everything in- involved with the Civil War, both in terms of slavery, all the economic situations involved. But, you know, slavery was a large component of it, rather direct or indirect. And, um, and this tune centers around a man named Samuel Porter, uh, this is kind of the last straw for him um, before he made his way north uh, to try to, to find some freedom. And so that's really the impetus for the song, Into This Chain. And I uh, I co-wrote this with my producer, uh, John Skaggs, out of L.A., and um really, really pretty pleased with how this turned out. So I'm glad right. you're playing it. Thank okay. you. Yeah, no problem. So this is end of this chain. I want you to listen to it and enjoy it. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about how important it is to support local and independent artists. And we're going to talk about to Bradford about going to Nashville. So we'll be back in just a moment. And this is End of This Chain by Bradford Moments. Train. Set my mind 
Gotta get free and left me hanging from a two below tree. Provide a way, you know, because 
in life with with any people, um, every person there's a cost to something. You know, time is money. Um, mm-hmm. You could be doing something else at any time. When you have dependents, whether it's a spouse or or children uh, that depend on you, um, whatever the case may be, um, sometimes that cost is greater, and you have to take into account. Um, I have people that are looking to me to make sure that they have food and you know clothes and, a sh- and shelter, you know, all the things that we need as humans. Um, so anything that you do has a cost. Going to work has a cost. You know, you have to make sure that job pays you well enough to be away from your family and provide for what you need. And so with um, with music, it's it's tough because so many people, so much of our culture tells us that music and art and craft is hobbies and it's not worthy, you know, okay, yeah, you're married, you have kids, go get a job, you know, and, and I did that. I did that for a while, and I hated myself. Um, I'm not meant to have a manufacturing job. You know, I I struggled through that, and I did that for a while, and I'm relational, so I could do customer service work, and uh, that got me by for a while. But when I lost that job, it really kind of pushed me into using uh, the skill sets that, uh, that I flourish in, um, you know, that I, that I love, that I'm passionate about music and and running sound, and and um, and so to give us the time to do that, we had to. My wife had to work, and I stayed home with the kids, uh, and have been their primary parent uh, for a while. You know, my my wife doesn't work that much. So your standard forty-hour job, but um, you know, we did that so that I would have time to book shows, to you know, record, to write songs. You know, all the things that go into promotion and establishing a brand and, you know, pushing your music, getting it out to people. Because realistically with music, the actual construction or the writing of the songs um, is such a small part of pursuing a career as a musician. It's the easiest, it's the funnest, and it's the smallest portion of what you do. And, you know, it's you're going to do it unless you are able to get on, you know, like, child actors have their parents or somebody that's really pushing them from an early age, you've got to kind of find that stuff yourself. You've got to find out how to do uh, what you need to do, how to create a brand, how to promote it, how to get your name out there. Uh, You know, all the things that go into um, being an entrepreneur, essentially, um, Mm -hmm. of art. Uh, You have to figure out all that stuff yourself. So we had to create this time that, that, allowed me to find that information and then go do it. And so um, we did a lot with making sure we um, scheduled well, communicated well, so that I would have these times to go do the, to go do what I needed to do. And my wife has been an amazing support uh, in that. She's, I'm, I'm lucky that she has that mindset that she's also an artist and she gets it, she sees the need for it and she believes in what I'm doing and um, and it's, it's been amazing, you know, without her um, I wouldn't even if I didn't have a wife and kids I, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing, she's so much an encouragement um, in what I do so it's Is, made is it all she one of the world. ones who takes the, the photographs? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. 
Yeah, her name is Kimberly Loomis. And so it's on my website. If you look through the gallery, you can see she's taken a couple of the shots. Um, she's a wonderful photographer. And it's taken a while for me to find other photographers' pictures of our shows and stuff that I like uh, that compare to my wife. <laughs> I'm pretty partial. My wife just kind of gets the image that I'm that I like, and she edits in a kind of a dark manner. Um, and I just I really like what she does with light in her photography editing. So. Do you have a favorite moment that stands out in your mind um, about performing? A favorite moment that stands out. Um, gosh, there's been there's been a lot. We just did a show at the tractor that was incredible. Um, you mentioned it earlier. The, the crowd was mm-hmm. just so responsive. It was it makes it so much easier as a performer. Um, I was just in Coeur d'Alene this weekend performing up there, and, and um, you know it was dark out. And it started raining, and there was lightning all around the valley, and people were standing outside in the rain, dancing with lightning going off while we're playing these songs. And it was a wow. that was a pretty surreal <laughs> experience as well. Uh, <laughs> I got to tour with uh, Tyler Hilton from One Tree Hill, um, and he that was probably the closest to a Beatle-like experience I've had. He, you know, he's a he's a good-looking dude, and um, it was interesting. We played at a couple. We played at the Crocodile, and we played at University of Portland in particular. And just seeing people go nuts um, was really fun. That was a pretty awesome experience as well. Portland has a, a great music scene as well. Yes, I do. Yeah. Now you've talked maybe about heading to Nashville. Is that still part of the plan? Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm going to be a part of. Um, of a showcase in October in Nashville, um, and I'm going. Um, I haven't set the date yet, but I'm meeting with a couple of songwriters there to do some some co-writes. Um, we we're looking at September, but that may not actually work, um, so we may have to push that out after the showcase. But I was hoping to do that before, so we'll we'll kind of see. But um, yeah, there's some there's some things I'm really excited about with. Uh, going to Nashville and, and touring through the Midwest. We're looking at a couple of different tours uh, through the Midwest and, and through the South as well uh, this fall and winter. That's going to be pretty fun. And we'll make sure that Nashville's on there a couple of times. Because at this point, you know, my wife is, is has has told me that she's we're, we're totally unified and on the same page as far as what is this going to take and, and whatever it takes, we're going to do it. And so we're, we've looked at or, and are looking at a possible move to either L.A. Or, or Nashville. And so some of this is building relationships to find out whether or not um, a move there would make much sense for us and uh, if that's the best way career-wise, you know, um, whether it's Nashville or L.A., kind of scouting out those locations and building relationships. Well, I can really see you in both places because – you know, obviously Nashville is the obvious choice, but your music is also very kind of a soundtrack of life, and I could really see it being incorporated into movies or TV shows as part of, you know, a, a, a musical soundtrack. So, of course, that would be a good choice. So both of them 
have their advantages for sure. You know, Nashville obviously being, you know, the, the, the choice that comes to everybody's mind. And then who knows what's going to come out of that showcase when you're there in October as well. It's all about connections and, and getting your music heard and getting it in the hands of the, the right people because it has a lot of options. Um, yeah, right. I think it has a popular appeal and also has a, a, a Hollywood appeal with, with, with the soundtrack. Yeah, and that's that's pretty intentional. Um, I I try to think about things that way. Um, I definitely have always been really moved by the pairing of you know a beautiful piece of of music paired with cinema, and so I you know I I, I think I kind of think that way in terms of writing music. Um, trying to write music on an epic scale uh, that would fit the soundtrack. That's cool well, that you say that because that's definitely been something I've been trying to incorporate. Well, good, because yeah, that just came to mind when I was listening to it. I'm like, I could totally see this in the movie. Somebody needs to figure that out, and, and they will. You definitely have the skills. I know you'd written one time about rejection and, you know, it's, you know, being having that fear of rejection. And the thing is, you have the skills. Don't Don't ever doubt that. It's just you know, it's a different time we live in, and it's just getting this music into the right people's hands, and hopefully some of that can be um, music lover driven, that people will listen and share it and get it out there, and and it takes us all at this point to dig up great music and push it to the surface. It, it really takes everybody. It takes you to make it. It takes me to hear it and get it out there. It takes the music listener to pass it on. It really, you know, really does take a village now to get good music out there and heard. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, it's it's funny. Um, I think we as humans need community and whatever that looks like for you, it's going to vary from person to person. But for me, um, you know, I've, luckily I've had some great community come alongside me, um, other musicians. Uh, there's a good friend named Sarah Garretson who's releasing a, a record here in September. Um, her and I have been talking a lot about um, about what it takes, you know, as a community of musicians. Because you go through those moments where you um, where you doubt. Even if you love your music and you're passionate about it, it wears on you. And you have moments of, you know, ups and downs. And, and I've got some really good friends um, that have kind of rallied around us. And all the musicians in Seattle are, are so accommodating. And it's a really good community. Um, and, you know, it's it's great to have people because we're all going to go through it at some point, And then everyone pulls that person up. And then it's somebody else's turn. And mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting the way mm-hmm. that works. Have have you considered at all going the reality show route, the voice or, you know? Yeah, I have. Um, I got notified, uh, well, notified. They've sent me emails two years, uh, the first year and then this, just this last year, asking if I wanted to be a participate on the show. And um, it was tough. The first year I thought it was a scam. Um I thought it was spam. <laughs> so I it. And then the night before they sent me the, the release and I was like, Oh, wow, this is a real thing. So I have a friend who's a lawyer but he's not an entertainment lawyer. So we looked at it and it looked like a horrific contract. And um this year to even get the release, 
I would have had to have bought plane tickets and planned for it because there wasn't an audition in Seattle. So, you know, with those contracts, you, uh, my producers worked a lot with the people from American Idol, several different of their contestants, and with those contracts, you, you sign away a, a chunk of your proceeds for 10 years, something like that, where anything you make, they can get a chunk of it, regardless of how far you get on the show. So even to audition, um, if I uh, auditioned and didn't make it, uh, and then went and wrote a song and it got on a movie and uh, you know blew up, they could come back and say, "Hey, you signed that contract," and uh, take a chunk out of what I did, and I wouldn't have even benefited from the uh, exposure of being on the show. So we, um, the contract could have changed. I don't know. Um, I wasn't able to get a chance to look at it this year, but. It may be something that I might consider later on, but I care less about fame um, than mm-hmm. I do, you know, being able to to get by. I'd be much happier with a small amount of success, you know, being able to put food on the table, being a musician and not anything else, um, than you know, somebody who got really famous and then wasn't able to sustain a career. You know what I mean? Right, right. You want you you want to make a living. You want you want to be a working musician. You want to make a make a a living doing that as opposed to working in a horizon or somewhere else. I get it. Right, exactly. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, the, yeah, I, I've talked to a you know a lot of musicians, a lot of them who had fame and lost it and regained it, and some of them didn't get it back. Um, and even though the fame was was fun and good for a while, that got tiring on its own, and it, it always went back to the music. They always just got back after that fame part faded. They just wanted to play music, and that was really at the base of, of it all. And then yeah. that's where it starts as well, and it's just funny how it comes full circle back to that as well. Yeah. It's if true. You could, yeah. If, if, if you had to go out right now and put three of your songs in a time capsule and bury them in the backyard for someone to listen to a hundred years from now, which three songs would you hit? Oh, man. That is a fantastic question. Uh, probably uh, Dead Man's Dance. And we're going to play that. I'm going to play that so people can hear that. Dead Man's Dance. Oh, nice. Um, probably get on that train. I got uh, one, too. And Overcome from the first record. That's mm. probably one of my favorites that I've that I've ever written. Uh, and that's on the under, yeah. the, the, uh, under the August Sky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to listen to that one again. So Dead Man's Dance, Get on That Train, and Overcome, all very good choices. I'm sure hard because you're a great songwriter and put out great music. But uh, when I listen to those, I I, I will think about that as well. And you can find all of this at bradfordlomas.com, and he's also on SoundCloud if you wanted to preview him, but you can go to his website and preview him there as well. You talk about Bradford being an old soul in modern times. Is that hard to navigate? Do do, do you feel like you were born into the wrong century or are you kind of fitting in now 
You know, it's um, I do in many ways. Um, I'm I don't know. I've always had such an affinity for history. Um, I've just always been really passionate about uh, you know just kind of gobbling up what happened at this time frame, and it it gives so much context to who we are as people. Uh, I've just there's there's something about the simpler times that, that has always been really kind of appealing to me. Um, on the other hand, um, you know, I've never had to kill something to eat. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know that I, I could, uh, I could go back too far. <laughs> I'd have to be a vegetarian. Um, but you know, so in some ways I'm in the right time. Um, I'm sheltered enough <laughs> in the, uh, in the way that life is now. Um, that I'm comfortable, but um, so much of that uh, of the simpler times, I think, I, I think I, I've, I've always found appealing. And of course, you know, I, I understand that history is we have the benefit of hindsight. That there was a lot of political, you know, whatever in any given time, um, and things are never quite as easy or as fond as we think of them. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side, so. Yes. Yes, you're right. Well, I I understand where you're coming from on that. Well, we wish you the best of luck with your showcase in Nashville. Wish you the best of luck Thank in you. LA or Nashville or wherever you wind up. Uh, I I do think there's big things ahead for you. People can go to your website and if they're looking for where you're going to be performing locally, you have them listed on your website, bradfordmoments.com. Can I and they can keep up with you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I have a show on September 18th. It's the, the in Seattle. It's Fremont Abbey with my friend Sarah Garrison. She's releasing a new record that is brilliant called Origins. Um, you're going to want to be there for that. Tickets are going fast. Um, and then also on September um, 21st, I'm playing at, um, for those on the east side of the mountains, up in Okanagan at Goodfest. And uh, we've got a killer lineup. Cody Beebe and the Crooks and the Wicks and Blake Noble. There's going to be some amazing musicians up there as well. Oh, Blake Noble. I want to post those two shows. Yeah, Blake yeah. Noble is awesome. And that's Chinook Fest that's on the 21st? Well, that's Good Fest. I'm also playing Chinook oh, Fest, good. which thank you yeah. for reminding me of that. Um, on the 15th. <laughs> um, that's, that's the festival that Cody Beebe and the Crooks puts on, and the lineup for that is ridiculous. You can look that up at ChinookFest.com. Uh, and get tickets that way. And that's an all-weekend camping festival, so that's a great place. It's family-friendly, so uh, good place to, uh, good way to spend your weekend for sure. Oh, well, they're going to love it there because your music also kind of invokes, like, campfires and being outside and in touch with, you know, the wilderness and, you know, environment. But, But really... I don't even think of environment. I think of wilderness. I think of, like, Alaska when I hear your music. <laughs> I, I think about, you know, the, the, the ruggedness of, of, of America. And, and like I said earlier, you know, it taps that in, into that part of us. And it's um, just there's not a lot of music that does that. And I think a lot of, you know, classic country fans will, will find a home in, in your music. Um, but it's got this freshness to it and... That's that's appealing as well. So, um, 
just really been a pleasure to talk to you. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and explain some of these songs to us and give us your background and, and let us learn about you and, and, and find a really great guy to get behind who's very talented. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Okay. And, again, you can go to Bradford Lomas. It's L-O-O-M-I-S. I have that. It's on our website. We have it posted everywhere. You can preview on SoundCloud, but you can also preview through his website. So I'm going to play Dead Man's Dance, one of the three songs that he would put in a time capsule and save for posterity 100 years. I'm going to let you listen to that. I'm going to be right back. And, again, I thank Bradford for coming on. This is Dead Man's Dance. I'll be right back.
rise on up. Get out of that grave, sweet Lazarus. All right. That was Bradford Lomas and Dead Man's Dance. And, again, I just want to thank Bradford for coming on, telling us about his journey, sharing his, uh, his music with us. He is a great, great live performer. I've heard that over and over again. So if he's, if he's coming to your area, please stay up with him on his website, bradfordlomas.com. We wish him the best of success in Nashville at his showcase as he takes his talent to Nashville. And I think things can also happen for him in L.A. If you listen to his music, you will see why. It's just absolutely soundtrack music. And if you're in the mid west of the country again stay on his website he will keep that posted of when he's doing a show maybe one of them is coming near you i don't think you will regret at all going out and seeing a live show and uh, and supporting great indie music great local music from people who are working really really hard to put out superior product for for us the the music fan i'm going to go out today with Get On That Train by Bradford Lomas. Thank you for listening and support great music. Have a wonderful day. Like a drum beat.